Welcome to the Hacking Your Health podcast with Ben Kenning and Dave Kennedy. Two guys heading out to hack body, mind, business, and beyond. We are here to provide a single source, bullshit-free guide to understanding your body and how you can live better for longer. What's up, everybody? Welcome back. I am Ben Canning. I'm Dave Kennedy. And this is Hacking Your Health Podcast. What's going it's on? A, it's another week. Uh, and, yeah. And we, you know, it's, we've done twice this week because I was in Vegas last week. But uh, it's good to catch up again and uh, go through some good stuff. Uh, it's been a good week, although I just started my first day of deload. So it's... Uh, no, I, you have I'm started doing... your first day of deload week for the third time this week. So you're like, yeah, I'll, do, yeah. I'll do it on Monday. Didn't do it Monday. I'll do it on Tuesday. No, I'll just, I'll just train late. So today... The jury's still out of weather. We're only halfway through the day, so <laughs> still, still my train. I hate deloads so much with all my life. Like, why does our body need a break? It's ridiculous. Like, hey, why can't we just keep going 110%, 130% all the time and never, you know, have to chill? But uh, apparently Bodies everybody's stupid. Body, they're stupid. <laughs> they're stupid. Uh, no, I need. I needed it. Um, you know, I was I was aching and sore all last week, and I just felt sluggish, um, you know, tendons hurting, all that stuff. And I, my tendons start to hurt. I know it's time. For Delo, but I thought like if I just like you know I kind of like like periods just of one time, more session, just yeah, one more like, session. I, I was like I can just get one more in and then one more in and then yesterday I was doing legs and I was just uh you know I, I'd done some heavy lifting I did uh five forty five so I sent Ben a message last night I'm like hey deload you know day I, I'm gonna go light and it was like five forty five for a deadlift and I and I and I nailed it um but you know it, like I would say three fourths the way through the lift I was I was done like I couldn't even do leg squats or anything like that. My arms were just killing me from like a, a soreness perspective. And I was just like, okay, it's, it's, it's time. I hit that, hit that point. So, so I know what, when I, I need mean, it. This is, and this I is the first time that you have prescribed your own deload week. So how long are you going to deload for? We'll, we'll see. We'll play it by ear. We'll play it by ear. You know, like we'll, we'll see how I'm feeling. On, More than so, a day? Well, we talked, we talked about it. I think, you know, I think the, the plan would be, you know, for, so today's Wednesday. You know, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, I'll do a deload. Uh, and then Saturday, I'll play it by ear. My my buddy Bobby's coming over, so I'll go a little bit lighter on Saturday to see how it goes and how I feel. And then, you know, and then I will, I'm going to do chest uh, on, on Saturday, and then I'll hit legs on Sunday seeing how I'm feeling. So I think I think I got a good plan. I just don't want to do it, um, but I'm going to do it because I have to do it. My body definitely needs needs the break for sure. It does. It does. And me as your coach, I'm recommending that you do also deload. And I was just saying just before I got my feedback back from James yesterday and it was like this voice note that total about eight minutes, but there was like 90 seconds of it where he was like, so I'm just looking at your plan here and we've been doing this same workout plan for 12 weeks. And in my head, I was like, he's going to tell me to deload. Like, I don't really think that I want to, like, I don't think it, I don't have enough time. If you don't want to keep it, it's like, uh, I just think we need to change around. I was like, thank fuck, but I definitely did not want to deload. So I feel your pain, but my coach has not told me to. So I'm continue, I'm going to continue to train. I yeah, do know what, what I'll do is this week, I'll send you photos and videos of me training the same way that you've been sending photos and videos of all the food that you've been eating. Is that fair? 
Sounds good. You know, here's the thing too. I'll send all because you know if I'm if I'm deloading, which means I can only you know I'll be down to about what thirty one hundred calories or three thousand calories. Real tragic. That is a tragedy. I, so I, I don't know how I'm going to survive on three thousand calories. Like I, you know, I'm just going to send you <laughs> meals of like the steak and you know the the pop tarts and you know other stuff. That's and, okay. Uh, I'm going to be training push and pull and doing deadlifts and damn it. <laughs> I think you went on this one. <laughs> But yes, no, I do think, I genuinely do do think that your body needs it. And uh, it will be good when it comes to Saturday. It'll suck today and for the next couple of days. But whenever you get in the gym Saturday and you're back to feeling 100%, like you've been talking about this for about two and a half weeks. So it's probably, yeah. probably time. I think you rinsed it. Yeah, and I even, I even took a really large step today and I didn't go to Orange Theory, uh, which I woke up. Uh, so I, I interesting uh, about this one. I um, actually woke up at the same time I normally go to Orange Theory just to make sure that it wasn't me saying I, you know, I'm, I'm too tired to go and do it or things like that. So I had to stay in my routine. So I still got yeah. up uh, to go to orange theory, but I did not go to orange theory. I did not take my pre-workout. Um, although because if I, if I would have taken my pre-workout, I would have went to orange theory. Um, but, uh, it's one of those things where, you know, I want to stay within my routine and habits, even though I have a couple of days of deload, but you know, I can, I can tell when it's time to, so there's a, I have a confidence in, in myself with the training, with my nutrition, with everything else that I know that I can push certain things at certain times. And a good example of that is I was starting to feel like, like, um, I, I, I enjoy going down and lifting. I enjoy like the routine. And I know even days that I don't enjoy it, as soon as I hit the weights, it's not a chore. It's like something I just have to do. Um, I, I was feeling like it was a chore that I didn't want to do it, that my body was just basically fighting everything because it's just exhausted. So I know it's time, but it's it's just one of those things where my brain is like, "Hey, let's just go get a lift in." It's it's, it's no, no big deal, you know. Like, <laughs> like, I'm not I'm not telling the rest of your body. Like me and you'll just go. So so it's so stupid because I'm like I'm like you know okay well you know I missed I missed the legs day you know so I got to make sure I make that up and then like at the same time like well then I also want to still grow my biceps too so like I'll hit arms a little bit and then I'll just do this you know it's like it's not gonna be a big deal it'll be fine you know so anyways. Listen to yourself, do deload weeks, relax, you know, and we talked about what deload weeks are, you know, you, after a certain amount of time, you have to give your nervous system and your muscles and your body a break. Um, and there's a couple of ways of doing it. One, you can do a certain percentage lower um, of your workout routine, or you can kind of go cold turkey for a couple of days uh, just to, to give your body a break and to kind of, you know, heal back and do everything the, the right way. So it's... Uh, it sucks, I don't but, think the first yeah. one would be any good for you because you would get into the gym and you'd be like, ah, just, I'll just do what problem. I normally do. It's like, I'm so, here. Why not? So you told me, so you told me that, uh, uh, the day I was doing, uh, chest, uh, shoulders and, uh, and triceps. And, uh, I literally started off with like 60 pounds for, for, uh, dumbbells. And I was like, that was like way too light. So then I'm going to go to like, then I was like, by the end of it, I was like with 125 pound dumbbells, I was trying to max out. It was so stupid. So it's like, yeah, I can't, I can't help myself. <laughs> yeah, better to just not go not go to the gym yes yes unfortunately but yeah so this is uh uh our, our year in one day right uh you're yeah. you're you're in one one podcast so you're plus one yes yeah yeah that's yeah. awesome we've been doing this for for a little bit a little bit of time and uh i think it's been been going really well i've been really happy with with the progress community everything else that's been happening there so um no complaints there and appreciate everybody's support it's been really cool to see the stories uh and the people continue to be motivated uh, on it and i was telling you when i was in vegas um, i had so many people come up to me and say they love the podcast in fact i just had a tweet today 
uh, talking about somebody that, that just got hooked onto the podcast. And what was the exact uh, wording here? I'll, I'll get it for you. It was, uh, I spent the better part of Friday um, listening to your podcast in the last two days, driving back and forth, listening to it. Uh, I think I've gotten through every single episode. So I think you've binged <laughs> Dave, Dave, and ben, Dave and Ben for like for the, the past year, uh, all of our culminations of podcasts. So that's really cool to hear. I'm always going to get feedback from there. Yeah, it's actually interesting. I, I had a call this morning, um, a discovery call, as I have quite regularly. And I actually wanted to talk about this story today because I thought it was quite a cool story. Um, and it was interesting because in the, the initial questionnaire, he had talked about listening to all 51 episodes. So obviously it was up to 51 uh, at the time of filling it out. But conversations like I had with him sort of remind me I don't know about you, but to me, you and I just have a conversation once a week and then we put it on the internet. Yeah. Like, I don't, I don't think anything beyond that, but yeah. obviously, you know, people listen to it, people take the advice and people action it and people are actually able to make progress and, you know, literally transform and change their lives. So being able to have sort of feedback from someone who has listened to all of the episodes is up to date with the episodes and sort of has implemented things along the way. And it's actually to the point was almost saying things back to me about things that I had said or things that you had said. And I'm like, oh yeah, we did say that. That is a thing. <laughs> but his story in general is quite unique. I'm not name him because I didn't have this conversation about being able to talk on a podcast with him. But basically in a long story short, in a, about four years ago, um, had quite severe heart issues, had to get a stent put in, had open heart surgery, which sounds frightening to be honest. Um, I had close, I, I, I had a heart surgery where they ran through, you know, a catheter, uh, into my, my blood vessels. Well, I imagine that he said he was awake, but I can't see it. And he got a DVD after I'm like, like a fucking souvenir. You're coming <laughs> away with a DVD of here's my heart surgery. Like it's oh insane. man, it's, it's nuts. Um, but yeah, crazy. But anyway, long story short at that time, I'm going to have to do the conversion of kilos to pounds here because he's spoken kilos, which I really liked. Um, so at the time he was 338, 340 pounds. And over the past four years has been able to lose 155 pounds. So he said 70 kilos, so like 154, 155 pounds. It's amazing. It's a fucking incredible achievement. Yeah. And obviously we haven't been around doing the podcast for four years and it's things that he has sort of done by himself. But it was interesting to sort of see, hear his journey and his thought process around things. And actually to the point where the reason that he came to me is because he feels like he has sort of hit a plateau with things and there's things that he has done that potentially weren't done in the right way or the usual, as we've spoken about for doing loads of cardio and then not actually physically happy with how he looks at the end of it. Yeah. So it's not my job to take over weight resistance training, sort of build them back up and whatever else. But there was a lot of things that he sort of said that I think people would really resonate with. And one of the things was before he started training, he felt like he was just working. So his, his life revolved around work works in similar field to you. So like that sort of thing, like he just worked, yeah. there was nothing else outside of that. Yep. So it was unhealthy. You know, he didn't really look after himself. He, he said, I spent the first 50 years of my life not looking after myself. Um, and that's sort of what led him to here. And I think obviously there's potentially a lot of people here listening to this that can relate to that at some point that they were almost just like existing to work type of thing. Sound familiar to you? Sounds familiar. Sounds hundred percent familiar. There. You've been there. You've been, been there. there. Um, and then obviously my life the story. <laughs> obviously with the health problems and the heart issues sort of he was like right shit, i actually need to do something um and he was actually quite open and honest about you know taking ownership with you know bought a spin bike not the first spin bike that he bought you know had tried to avoid it before in terms of like put it in the balcony and close the door and forgot about it actually put it in the middle of his living room so he had to fucking do it um but one of the best things that he said and i actually i actually had to get him to repeat himself i said sorry did you just say he gets up at 2 a.m 
I know. I see, but... I can't, I can't relate to this guy anymore. Where I'm, <laughs> I'm out of this conversation. <laughs> but this, so my, my, my point on this is number one about always finding the way. Now this is obviously yeah. an extreme example, 100%, but he has to get up at 2am because he has a two hour commute to and from work. So he gets up at 2am so he can get the first train so he can get into time on work so he can leave work on time so he can get back to the gym on time before it closes. And I was like, that is fucking dedication. I mean, if there's ever an excuse to not go to the gym, that is it. But he does it on the days he has to go to work, gets up at 2am, does a four hour commute, two hours either way, does his work day and then still goes to the gym at the end of the week. And I was just like, that is... You know, people have excuses like, oh, I didn't yeah. go to the gym because it's raining. I'm like, this yeah. motherfucker is on the train going for four hours and still oh up at 2 a.m. Like, I'm like, this is insane. And I was like, did you say 2 a.m.? I was like, you'd be texting Jocko, like, slept in. You know, it's only half, <laughs> half four. I've been, up, I've been up for two hours. <laughs> the fuck? Um, jo- jo- yeah. Jocko's nothing in comparison to me. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. But I just thought it was so cool. Um, yeah. And the, the one line that he said that I think it, it sort of, I think, can it resonated with me and I think it resonated to a lot of people. And he was talking about social situations and environment and the people who surround them and navigating that sort of stuff. He said one thing that he realized over time is he didn't need to justify his actions to other people. And what he means is every time going to a party or an event being like, no, no, I'm not drinking or no, I'm not going to eat cake or whatever. And people are like, why, 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 blah, blah, blah. Nobody around him seemed to be supportive. And every time he went, he felt like he had to justify himself. So he realized that he was then making excuses not to go to things because he would rather just not go to the event than have to deal with that every time. And it's, he said, you know, it sort of took a while for his his support network to get on board with things and for them to sort of accept they'll ask once. If he says no, then it's a no. And then they, they can sort of move on for there. So if you're somebody who thinks that in terms of having to justify yourself, you don't need to justify yourself to anybody, no matter what. Um, and I thought that that was a, a pretty decent lesson, but yeah, a very cool story. And I was like, respect for getting up at 2 a.m. Cause I mean, I'll get up at four, 20 past four, no problem. But 2 a.m. is still the middle of the night proper. You know, it's interesting about that conversation too, is, you know, he, he recognized that he hit a certain point where he can no longer progress. Right. And he did some, some help mm-hmm. and assistance and he's had a lot of success there, but you know, we're always learning in this, this journey of health. And we're always trying to figure out the best way to, accomplish our goals and what that means to us. And, and it's always this continual fine tuning progression, things that, you know, and I'll get all the time where I'm like, Hey, I, you know, I started off with, you know, 2,200 calories and I was losing two pounds a day and I was able to, you know, shave off 30 pounds, pounds a but week. Two, two pounds, pounds a week. I mean, you know, but then, but then all of a sudden I, you know, it's no longer working. I'm really stressing my calories. Well, guess what? Your body's changing. You lost 30 pounds. It's not the same amount. So you need to adjust accordingly. That's kind of the journey you have to think of. And I also think, you know, the the cardio aspect of things, I think such a imbalance, you know, there's, there's not 20 minutes of cardio before it just <laughs> in. not saying cardio is bad, but uh, you know, it's such an imbalance of the importance. You know, everybody focuses on if you want to lose weight, do cardio. And and while, you know, at its foundation, that's true, right? You know, if you're doing more cardio and you're eating less, then you conceivably will have much more of a caloric deficit, which means that you will lose more weight. But the problem is, is that if you don't couple that with nutrition and everything else, and you're eating more calories than you do, then you know, you're going to gain weight. Um, and you're not going to understand why that's happening. Same thing for, you know, people that are like, Hey, I want to just drop 30 pounds. Well, you drop 30 pounds and you're still not happy with yourself. You drop 50 pounds. You're still not happy with yourself. You drop hundred pounds. You're still not happy with yourself where the whole time you could have been doing you know, resistance training, gradually shaving off that weight, and then eventually having a much more desired build because you're able to put on some muscle mass while also being able to eat more as well, because 
you know, you have more muscle mass. So, you know, I think the, the always learning and trying to have folks around you, a community, a tribe, we've talked about the tribe quite a bit um, on this podcast, but a tribe that helps you with continual knowledge. I mean, I learn new things every single day, you know, in this journey, uh, new studies that come out, uh, someone that tried something different, uh, someone that, that elaborated or clarified on something that I was doing wrong. Um, those are all things in this journey that allow us to get better. Now, F the people that, that try to critique my form uh, when I don't ask for form feedback, but everybody else is totally cool. Everybody else is cool. Yeah. Fuck those guys. Yeah, those guys. <laughs> yeah, you see, you see. You see, you see the guys that are critiquing you, they're, they're deadlifting, you know, 150 pounds and just started a week ago. I'm like, Hey, you know, you're 545 pound deadlift. I saw that, you know, you had a little bit of a wobbly back. You, you know, I'm like, yeah, I'm, I'm lifting 400, 545 pounds. Like it's not easy. Okay. Like this is my, close to my one rep max here. So you know, F off. I'm not asking for feedback. I got a trainer for that, you know, but anyways, I, I, I diverge on that. Um, but, um, and, and that's not to say that I, I'm not looking for feedback. When I ask for feedback, I definitely will ask for it. If I'm not asking, please don't respond back it's kind of like going to a gym and starting to critique people while they're in the middle of lifting don't do it that's an just asshole move. Bite, like yeah. fully dressed not even in gym clothes, yeah. not even gym clothes. like hey uh i see that you're you know really you should <laughs> angle your arms this way for the shoulder press uh it's gonna hit you know like f off come on um <laughs> yeah but uh but the, 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 yeah. the educate like the, the continued education thing is important too and you know i'll speak about again about me working with gyms like obviously i've learned a lot from them and i was chatting to you yesterday about the sort of plan for the next 12 months. I've never had a plan for that amount of time that I know, okay, for this amount of weeks, I'm going to do this, for this amount of weeks, I'm going to do this, then for this period, I'm going to do this. And it kind of feels good because I know sort of markers that I need to hit when I need to hit them. Obviously things can change and it's not like to the day, but as a sort of overarching plan for the next 12 months, I know exactly what I need to do. And it means that each phase is controlled and also, you know, okay. And I know that so to recap on it, two more weeks in a deficit, four weeks of maintenance to come and hang out in America and not drink Irish car bombs. And <laughs> back to like four or five weeks in a deficit again to get me to a really, really good set point coming in. That'll be the end of October. And then six months of a surplus. In the middle of those six months, there's two scheduled either maintenance phases or deficit. So obviously the likelihood is I'll put on a little bit of body fat along the way. Um, so we'll just do a couple of mini cuts to sort of get back. So it'll not be like six months total in a, in a surplus. That brings us to the end of May. And then we'll look at like a nine or 10 week cut to bring me to the start of August, which is when we've spoken about um, sort of as a focus goal for you as well. Yep. But the thing about that is, the funny thing about it is, I, I don't know if I said this to you yesterday. I got those pictures back from James yesterday um, of the comparison. And number one, I didn't realize I had... 22, 23, 24 points to lose. And do you feel like I could still lose more? And yes, while I, I look a lot leaner now, I awesome. feel a lot You look better. awesome. Let's just be clear. You look awesome. Thank you. Thank you. But I do think genuinely this is how I should look and walk about and feel all the time. And I know that maybe sounds ridiculous, but I, I don't think that it would be a struggle for me to do this. And I think I just sort of probably let business take over, let the ball slip on things, wasn't accountable to anybody and got myself into the position that I was before. I do feel like I could genuinely stay this lean in a surplus all the way up and that will be the challenge, but I don't think there's any reason for me to gain massive amounts of, of body fat along the way. So that will be the challenge moving into the next phase. But anyway, the, 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 the idea of this is having that sort of extended phase. So luckily for you, Dave, 
once we jump off this call, I'm going to look at your next 12 month phase and see what we need to do over that 12 month phase. So you have that sort of locked in and you know, right, okay, this is what we're going to do. And this is how long we're going to do it for. Um, so yeah, I think that'll just, be just making sure we're not, we're not going below 3000 calories though, ever. Right. Just, <laughs> we'll see. I actually think I have a just message kidding. from you that said, even if we need to go below 1900 calories, I'll do it. Yep. It, I, I'll have I, to sort of do screenshot and send it to you. Um, <laughs> But, you know, it can be done. And I think that that's, that's one of the most important things. And, and yeah. for me, you know, even if we're talking about continued education, if you had said to me six months ago, I'd only be eating 16, 1700 calories, like, no way, like I wouldn't be able to function, blah, blah, blah. Number one, a mindset thing. Number two, you can do it if you do it properly and actually think about it. And that's why I have, I've actually probably spent a lot more time cooking. Number one, to enjoy the, the process a little bit longer rather than just have, you know, a meal and then that's it done yeah but number two to show you guys and you know social media and people within the client group you know you can eat really good food if you're mindful about how you're putting it together do you know what i mean like you don't need to like oh my god i can only go and smell that steak and lick this lettuce leaf and that's my calories done for the day you know it can be done and that's obviously the continued education of me with the coach me and my own journey that i'm able to share with you and the client group and the wider community yeah i uh I remember when I had, we, we did a, a little bit of a mini cut phase and I think I was down to like, you know, and, and you, you, you said I would normally not go down this low, but let's, let's give it a shot. I think I was down to like 1900, 1800. But even calories. that, that was, that's a lesson in that too. So yeah. the thing for me on that is I'll always be like, I want this to be sustainable on long term, mm -hmm. which I do for everybody all the time. Yeah. And I had that in my head. It's like, oh, I don't want anybody to like really suffer and go under. So I had that psychological, I don't want males to go below this and females to go below this, but I do think there are times that warrant it. And obviously you and I will have a conversation about it. I'll not just go, you know, fuck you, 1700 calories, that's it. Yeah. We'll have a conversation like, look, do you think we can push this a little bit further? I think we can get a little bit more from this and can we push it that little bit further? It will only be for four weeks or six weeks or eight weeks. And I do think if the mindset of the client or the person is right, it's definitely yeah. warranted in doing it. And I, that's one thing that I sort of got from working with James. It was like, do you, he, you know, he's like, do you think you could do this for another week? And I was like, yeah, I felt fine. And it's yeah. just quick actually getting there and, and understand. Well, it's, it's, I think, I think the first like week or two is the, the acclimation stage of like, oh shit, what are we doing here? You know, and, and your, your body's getting used to it and it's fighting you at first, but then you start to really under, you know, as long as you have control over it and you're, you know, it, it's okay to feel hungry. It's okay to, you know, want to eat food. I remember the first couple days and weeks that you're on it, you're like, I'm just looking at pictures of chicken or whatever the hell it was, you know, or I literally, you know, like, this is a, the honest truth. Any sperm moment or minute I have, I'm watching food videos or looking <laughs> at food on the, like genuinely I've started watching cooking programs. Like I was, I just did 20 minutes cardio. I was watching Gordon Ramsay's kitchen nightmares. I watch food <laughs> programs like you would not believe. So, so you're, you're basically telling your mind, Hey, you know, this is food, but I can't eat it, but yeah, it's, yeah, but, yeah, but yeah, it's getting yeah. your, your fill of what, what food might, might look like and taste yeah, like if, yeah. if you were so I, tweeted, to. I tweeted the picture the other day with the, <laughs> the iPad on the bike and there's just like bacon on the screen. I wasn't just watching someone fry bacon. I was watching, uh, like the guy was making breakfast tacos or something. But I genuinely do do that. Like, I have yeah. no, no shame in admitting that. Whatever, whatever you got to do. I mean, for, for me, my no, biggest challenge no is... No watching cooking programs. Yeah. I, I had... I had. It's true. It's true. Unless you go and buy food right afterwards and eat it. But uh, uh, I, I would, I would, I'd always find, like, like, I could, throughout the day, sustain it. But night times for me were my bad habits. So, like, I, you know, I used to... Ha I had to get rid of my bad habit, which was... 
I'd go downstairs. I usually have some bourbon or some drinks or things like that. And then I would just, you know, polish off a box of wheat thins or whatever. It's kind of like the, you know, nighttime playing video games with my friends and things like that. And I've since, bro you know, broken that habit. One, um, you know, I stopped drinking pretty much uh, consistently until probably Ben comes in, comes into town. But um, I don't think I'll drink that much. Good, good, good. Yeah, same beer. We're going to probably drink so much, but uh, it's fine. Um, but not that much. Uh, but, uh, you know, I, but one thing about my habits now, you know, when I go downstairs, I don't bring any food with me. You know, it's pretty much, you know, once I hit my calorie count, I'm done. Now, maybe I do have some calories to bank, uh, you know, at night. So then I'll have some, some weekends or things like that, but it's not a habit anymore. So I've broken some of the bad habits around when I'd actually break my calories throughout the day. I'm fine. Like today, uh, I woke up, you know, so I know that if I'm on a deload, which is still too, too determined, um, if, if, uh, if I'm only going to do that, I'm only going to be able to eat 3,000 calories versus, you know, 3,600 calories. Um, I wish I had a little tiny violin <laughs> for the beer. Oh, my God. Only 3,000 calories. Yeah. But it's different. It's different. Um, you know, it, it, and so, you know, today I woke up, you know, I had a protein shake uh, to get up in the morning. Uh, I had some fruit. Uh, so for some carbohydrates, some energy. Today I had, uh, it was a, a, a noodle and Thai chicken bowl with a lot of lettuce and kale and spinach and things like that. So, you know, 450 calories, you know, 40 grams of protein in that, that sucker. Um, so, you know, I'm, I'm, you know, scaling my food for the objectives that I have to make. Now, if I had to shave that down a lot, you know, let's just say 500 calories, that, that's, that's, that's very doable because by the time I hit, you know, I don't know, four or five, six o'clock at night, I still usually have like 2000 calories to go. So, I mean, you know, it's just managing your day and expectations to make sure that you are getting the right types of food in versus like, you know, if, if it was 3,600 calories today, I'd probably order, you know, they, uh, there's this really cool place around here I've been going to quite a bit. It's called Core Life Eatery. Um, it's like all fresh food, organic, you know, like all this good stuff. I really like it. And they have these whole wheat wraps that I really like. They're, you know, Southwestern, they have like a, a, a buffalo chicken one that I really like a lot. And that's 750 calories. Um, good, 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 uh, you know, swag of protein. I think it's like, 45, 50 grams of, of, of protein in that. Um, but at the end of the day, it's 750 calories. So if I'm, you know, at 3000 calories, well, if I just have a bowl that's more, you know, vegetables and things like that, I'm shaving off 200 calories, 300 calories there. I know that I have another 300 calories to go from what I normally eat. So it's just playing with the numbers and mi mixing and matching to make sure I hit those numbers, but being refined with it. And if we were to go down hundred calories, 100 calories, 100 calories, 100 calories, I just continue to adjust, you know, based off of that. Um, it's usually not too hard to be making small adjustments. I think if I was going to go from, 3,600 to 2,000 calories, and I'm you're yeah. shaving off, you know, 1,600 calories in a week, I'm probably not going to be a happy camper, you know, for a few, for a few days <laughs> or a few weeks. <laughs> but that's that's exactly the point. It's it's doing it in those small incremental changes over time because it's easy to find 100 calories to take out. Yeah. The same way it's as easy to find 100 calories to put in, the same way it's easy to add five minutes of cardio, the same way it's easy to add 1,000 steps, the same way it's easy to add an extra set in your workout, all those little things built up over time is what makes a long-term change. And that's why I do like in a very rare occasion, I'll go over a hundred calories, either plus or minus, depending on what's going on with the client, but it's because it's easy to do. And it's not, you know, it's not a big ask. You can literally look at your food and go, oh, that's a hundred calories. I'll take that out. Like I was on a call with Luke earlier on and I took his calories down by hundred. He's like, the banana sitting beside me. I'll just probably not eat that. And that's a hundred calories. I'm like, there you go. Like it's, it is sim as simple as that. And I think there's a, there's a point that I want to touch on about him that we, I think we're about maybe eight or 10 weeks in, maybe eight. And uh, he said very early on about 
the the change, like the the identity change and the behavior change. And he sort of yeah. confirmed it again today. It's like he was never a morning person. And I sort of challenged him on it. And he's been getting up early and he's like getting up a bit early and he's like, you know, now getting up with this and he's doing, you know, something else. And then, you know, he's able to start his day and get his training and all these things. And he's like, I genuinely just be like a completely different person. I'm like, that's what this is all about. Yeah. Like it's, you know, finding things that you can do to change your behaviors to allow you to become a different person. And I'm like, that's, you know, you may not believe it the first time I say it to you when we're on a show call or anybody listening may go, these guys are fucking talking shit. Like, they don't know what they're talking about. Like, how can I be a different person? Cause I start lifting weights and eating a certain amount of protein. That's literally what happens. Like you, you start to build out this new person around the sort of habits and behaviors that you have, and you can literally yep. change the person and change the identity that you have. You know, it's interesting. Uh, 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 Huberman, I'm going to go into Huberman. Uh, <laughs> Andrew Huberman got a mention on a podcast, but he talked about that, how, uh, people talk about themselves being a day person or night person or things to that effect. Yeah. And it's really all about how our circadian rhythm or, or our internal clocks are set for our habits that we, we conduct. So for our, you know, for a night shift, our bodies get acclimated to that and our clocks are tuned to that. So when we wake up, typically, you know, uh, having some sort of sunshine uh, activates that circadian clock. So we are able to start the day fresh and if you go back to, you know, evolution of, of, of mankind. It's, uh, same thing, you know, we, we wake up in, in, in the mornings because the sun is out, we go and hunt, we do our stuff, we come back in our tribe, and we, you know, do our stuff. And then at night, you know, we'd go to sleep. That's why, you know, I, I mentioned this before on the podcast, but why is a fire soothing for us uh, as humans? Because we'd have fires running to keep, you know, predators away from us during during nighttime. So it's soothing for us. Why? That's why nightlights uh, actually soothe young children, because we're used to that as kids, or used to that, you know, from an evolutionary perspective of having fire outside to protect us from predators. So we have all of these things built into us um, that are, you know, millions of years of evolution uh, that are how we, we we are structured to work. That's why our body works well under stress. Uh, when I say stress, I'm not saying, uh, you know, horrible stress at the office or things like that, but I'm saying more so, you know, resistance training. Why does the resistance training make us stronger? Well, our body is under stress. It can't handle the load and it, our muscles don't know, our body doesn't know why we're lifting extremely heavy weights, but they know our body knows that we're trying to complete a task in order for us to be able to survive or to complete that task, we need to become stronger. So it continues to grow. Same thing for fat storage. Why do we have unlimited stores of fat? Well, you know, for days that we would never have food, we'd be able to go long periods of time without having to eat anything and maybe just having water and things like that would allow us to, to live longer. That's why we are able to pack on fat so that we can live much longer, burn that energy at level off. Now, obviously in a situation or world where um, we have, you know, unlimited food, uh, that's never going to be a problem for us anymore. And that's, that's a, a byproduct of our, our, our design. And we hopefully will evolve past that or de develop a pill that will work out for us someday <laughs> in the first place, or just get out there and do it. But you know, at the end of the day, we can change those patterns of behavior based off of our lifestyle. So I would always say I was a night person. So I would work until three, four, five, six o'clock in the morning, you know, coding and drinking or whatever. And then I'd sleep until 11, 12 o'clock in the afternoon. And that was my routine. And that's, you know, I always said, Hey, I'm just a night person. I'm not a morning person. Now I have no problem waking up in the morning. I prefer going to bed, you know, 10, 11 o'clock at night and then waking up earlier so that I can get things accomplished before the day actually starts and ha actually feel like I have a sense of accomplishment before the day starts. If I get my lift in or orange theory or whatever it ends up being my hit training in, I feel accomplished already before I start the day. 
And I already know that I've done some really great stuff to get me to the point to where I'm at, you know, throughout the rest of the time. So it's, you know, one of those things where um, I feel like as long as you start to change it slowly, it will happen, you know, you know, in a much more accommodating way. It doesn't mean, hey, now start going to bed at 10, 11 o'clock and waking up at 4 a.m. You're going to be happy about that. Or it's 5 a.m. or 6 a.m. But it's, it's, the same, it's the same conversation as the calories. Like you yeah. adjust it half an hour, half an hour, half an hour, yeah. half an hour. And then over time, you're a morning person. Like I sat last night and I think it was about 20 past nine. And I was like, I'm just going to go to bed. Like I have no reason to stay up. Like, yes, okay, I could watch an episode or something, but that's an honor. And then it's 20 past 10. I'm like, I'm just going to go to bed. Like there's no need for me to be up. Like yeah. there's nothing to me that happens at my time that I need to be awake for. Yes, okay, I get up super early. I find that doing Well, I mean, has... and when you say nothing, I do text you sometimes at night. I don't get responses back, but that's fine. I'm asleep. And now, do you really need to be sleeping at that time? I'm just saying. Yes. <laughs> I'm saying, you know, okay, fine. That's fine. I'm just kidding. But, I mean, then I text you at 4 a.m. and I don't get a reply from you. I'm like, why is he not up? Well, I mean, I, I, sometimes I got to sleep too, but you know what, you know, I'm going to set it so that it only when it comes to you, it's going to be a loud, like buzzing sound that wakes me up. So I hear Aaron is going to be pissed off. <laughs> <laughs> but yes, I want to talk about one more, one more client and then I'll stop talking about it. I just have had a good day of talking to them and I just, I'm very proud of what everybody's doing within the client group, but I got a message from Jason who was just back from DEF CON and he said two things. Number one, he said he was proud of himself, which is exactly what it is about. Like that's, you should be like, you know, put the effort in. He trained while he was away and it's the first time he was on vacation or travel that he actually trained. I think he said he trained five days out of six, maybe not. Um, but he was proud of himself. And what yeah. I sort of put back to him was that's because it's not a part of your identity. It's yeah. not because you get on a plane. And, and I, I was open about it before. I was like, look, I used to get on a plane and as soon as I stepped on the plane, just enter dickhead mode that I was like out drinking and, you know, eating food and like didn't train like just totally forgot who i was because i was in a different country i don't think that that necessarily needs to be the way so as we spoke about before fit that in throughout your schedule and whatever else obviously on the flip side of that, if you don't want to train right away that's absolutely fine the other thing that he said was he was able to go away for six and you said the same thing um he was able to go away for six days and come back and not have put on a pint and i think that yeah. that just shows you with a little bit of discipline you can manage all these things and that's sort of what I'm trying to get across with my own journey at the minute, I'm going away, I'm traveling, I'll be in America. I've been away endless amounts of times. I've been out for dinner, I've been drinking. I have done all these things and I've still been able to lose 22, whatever, 24 pounds, whatever it is. And it can be done. It doesn't need to be right today. I'm going to start a weight loss journey. And for the next six months, I can't go outside because there's too many calories outside and I'm not in control of them. Like you yeah. can do all these things just with a bit of forward planning, a bit of education on it. And I just want to say, uh, uh, I was actually able to gain 0.1 centimeters on my calves while I was away on, on, uh, in Vegas. Good. So anything's possible, uh, as you go through it. <laughs> but uh, it, to, to your testament, I mean, it's, it's those small increments, I think, that make a big difference and change. And that, that, that you know, it should be a running theme for everybody listening to this podcast is that all of this is small, minor increments that have long-term, you know, benefits and goals throughout the time. So when you look at making changes around, hey, I'm going to get 12,000 steps a day. That's a short-term objective that has long-term benefits because you're burning calories, you're moving your body, you're, you're becoming more aerobic from a cardio perspective. There's many things that are happening there. Same thing for nutrition. You know, you're making small things that, that – small changes that allow you to have good structure, but mostly – I mean, for me, it's confidence um, 
in my ability to do what I need to do. I mean, nutrition is probably, we talked about this before, it's probably 90% of the battle. If you're eating appropriately, you're getting the right amount of protein, you're getting the right amount of energy, you, you know, you're in a caloric deficit versus caloric surplus versus, you know, maintenance or whatever. Those are all things that, that allow you to have flexibility on your goals and objectives. And I have no doubt, you know, I have zero issue right now about being in a surplus and, you know, gaining weight a little bit and maybe putting on a little bit more body fat than I would uh, normally, because I know I'm confident in myself that as soon as it's time for me to cut that back, we're cutting it back. And, and I'm going to be able to do it because I have confidence in myself because I've gone through this before. And it's, 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 a, it's funny because I remember the first time we got into kind of the, the quasi bulking phase of things, I was freaking out like every week. I'm like, Whoa, what's going on here? Like, you know, like I'm getting bigger, the scale's going like, yeah, it's because you're eating more and you're gaining more muscle. Yes, you are having some fat, but we're going to take all this off. I'm like, I don't know, man. I don't know about this. I'm getting scared. And then all of a sudden, now we, we do the, the you know do the cut. I'm like, oh, there's my abs. Oh, I have bigger muscles. Oh, that's cool. Look at that. Look at that thing I never saw before. Like, this is really neat. And then I'm like, okay, okay, I'm good here. So you know, it's it's going through those journeys though that are nerve wracking because it's the first time you're doing things. It's like the first time going to the gym and you're doing things wrong and you're yeah. thinking everybody's looking at you. It's that it's these types of things that that make a big difference, I think, in your overall journey. You just have to go through them at least once or twice and have confidence in yourself that you're not going to revert back to the same person. I'm so far away from the person I was two years ago, you know, two and a half years ago, that I have zero zero doubt in myself on what I can do. Uh, but I also need help from, you know, someone like yourself, obviously, Ben, to to ensure that I'm on the like right me. track. You mean me? Well, not you, someone yeah, like someone me. Someone that me. is you. Someone that is okay. named Ben you Canning. Mean, it's me. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, okay. yeah. It's actually <laughs> funny, my son. So I, I trained earlier on with uh, another Jason, um, one of my first ever in-person was one of the first ever guys I trained in the gym floor. Whoa, um, whoa, wait, wait. You mean I wasn't your first, first no, person? Ever. I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> he, I was the first person I trained in real life. One of the first people. Anyway, he, uh, I was talking about you know, going into surplus. And he was like, oh, that was scary shit. And I was like, what do you mean? He was like, no, no, no. Like, I don't trust my body. Like, I don't have the confidence that I would be able to do it. And I wouldn't like to change. And I was, I was saying about you, like, we've been through that. And it's like this, this is like, all of your life, you've done this thing that was around, revolved around weight loss and losing weight. And yes. then all of a sudden, now you're doing something that involves gaining weight. It's like, what the fuck is I love, on? I love seeing pictures of me at like 205. And I'm like, oh my God, look at my face and how do you skinny know what you I was. Do? Actually, it would be interesting because obviously all of the before and after pictures that we have of you. Like Big Dave and. Big Dave. Yeah. And then different, different Big Dave. You yeah. should put Small Dave in the middle. Yeah, that should, that's a good, show, good point. Yeah, show the progression. Show because well, it's crazy because, you know, you look at, at the physique I had as small Dave, and you look at the physique I have now as 244-pound Dave, and it's just so much different and drastic. It's crazy. I mean, I mean, granted, I'm sure I can drop 20 pounds, uh, you know, and, 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 and be lean, but at the same time, it's like the physique is so much better on 244 pound Dave than it was at 205 yep. pound Dave. And I look back at that, I'm like, and man, people I had... chase the weight. Like I want to yeah. be like, like, I need to lose weight. I need to lose weight. And they chase it down the way. Yeah. And it, that number is irrelevant. It's how you feel. I mean, I walk into places, I feel great. You know, like just even on uh, social media today, I, I, people recognizing your transformation is an amazing thing. And uh, I love seeing, um, so I, I, there was a, a video that the Cavs Legion did uh, with me and there, uh, someone had made the mention like, oh my God, like you, 
you know, you look like the, the Hulk in, in that video or whatever, you know, Jack Dave or whatever. And you know, someone else had said it was good to meet, you know, Dwayne the Dave Johnson. You know, it's just, <laughs> you know, it's cool to get that feedback of, you know, I, I'm a big boy now in a yeah, different yeah, way. Yeah. And, and I used yeah. to, when, I, when someone would call me Big Dave, I would, yeah, I, I, when I, that, that triggers a quick response in my mind that I'm Fat Dave because yeah, that, that's yeah. how I was. Then I'm like, big Dave, I like that. I like that now because I'm a big guy now. And I like that. I'm a different big guy. Uh, you know, yeah. all the hard work and effort we put into this has, has made a big difference in my confidence, how I feel about myself, um, getting compliments from other people. I mean, I had, I had guys at the craps tables when I'm shooting, you know, like, like uh, yelling, let's go Hulk, let's go. You know, I'm like, all right, I like this. I'm cool with this. Like, <laughs> I can run with this. Everybody can. Yeah. Okay. Me you can call me Hulk as much as you want. I'm totally fine with this. Like, let's, let's keep going. So. You know, it's, it's, it's funny you mentioned the weight thing because if we talk about it in the opposite direction, because I feel like we always talk about you know one direction versus the other. Obviously, you know, for me, that hundred kilo mark, two twenty pound mark, was what I always strive to be. Yeah. The reason being, I think if I think about it in kilos, is you move from double digits to triple digits, so like that's like a big accomplishment. It's a psychological number. You go from ninety nine kilos to hundred kilos, which is two hundred twenty pounds. Obviously, whenever I was on the way back down, I was telling you, I was like. I'm going to be under hundred kilos. Like I haven't been under this in like probably about a year and a half or two years. And I was like almost freaking out that I would feel like I was skinny then again on the way down. I was like, no, no, I can't, like I can't do it. Then whenever James said to me, we'll have to get the 91 kilos. I'm like, oh shit, no way. Like I, that is too low for me. Yeah. I don't want to. Then obviously, I mean, Last week I was 93, got back from London. I was 93.8. I can't talk in pounds because I can't do the conversion quickly. You just need to move over to America and just use pounds exclusively. Okay, out okay. there, so. Fair enough, fair enough. And then we could be in the same time zone and text each other. That's right. Yeah, see? Not have to do this All thing. works it's... out. Good. <laughs> <laughs> but then today, so I was 93.8 on Monday, 92.6 yesterday, and then I was 91.6 today, which is interesting. So I have until the 27th. Now, I'm not recommending anybody do this or have like fixed deadlines or whatever. I'm doing this very specifically with a reason for James, but he wanted to be 91 kilos two weeks before I leave to go to America, which is the 27th, so 10 days from today. So I'm like, not 0.6, not 0.6 kilos over that. I'm like, I wonder, could I get under 90 kilos? I'm like, under 90? That's another fucking psychological number. I'm like, I don't know, yeah. but you know, but I feel good. And I think even if you, I don't know if I sent you the photos, but I definitely posted them. If you look at me on the left at 102 kilos or 224 pounds yeah. versus me on the right at whatever it is, 206, I look bigger Yeah, in the second picture. You do. And, and, and it's and funny. I'm definitely you not. It's, it's funny you mention that because the, the cardboard cutout of Cardi B, uh, Cardi Ben that I have in my basement, you know, you look very um, defined, but the muscular sure. profile you have now versus then is so different. Like you, you've obviously put on so much more muscle, um, your physique, you look bigger than the Cardi B, which, you know, everybody looks at Cardi B and is like, if you know, sorry, Ben has a, sent me a cardboard cut out of himself so he could look with me while, while we're here. Um, but you look at the physique there, phenomenal physique, six pack, you know, looks great. Everybody's like, oh, I want to get like that. But you look at the physique you have now, you have a much more defined chest, your muscles from a bicep and tricep perspective are substantially larger, you know, traps are much more defined. Like that's the build that I, I want, right? You know, they, bigger that's person, yeah. big, the bigger, the bigger uh, profile. So you can tell, the fruits of your labor when you start to shed all that that's off. That's about like, yeah. 30, I would say 25 to 30 pounds ago. Wow. Cardi B. 
And you're, so that's you're, 25 you're, to 30 pounds. Where would you see at body fat percentage comp wise you are right now? James said yesterday he thinks in and around 12 to 13 yeah. percent. It's not something I've ever monitored yeah. or had measured, which I actually regret because I've had a couple of times where I've been very lean. So maybe actually this time I'll do it and get a good gauge. But he says in and around sort of 12 to 14. And that's we had the conversation about. I don't think there's any need to go above this. Like we'll strip it down coming into the end of October, hopefully get like 10 or below and sort of maintain 12, 13, 14% as a cap. And if I feel like I'm getting beyond that, then we'll just pull things back. But yeah, I think in and around 12, 12 to 14%. I would say probably in Cardi B photo, I was probably single digit. Yeah, I would would agree with that. I would agree with that. But I mean, it looks so much better now. So yeah. Yes. I like like current Big Ben than previous Big Ben. So (laughs) the thing about you saying, you know, whenever, whenever you're talking about being able to do a cut and lose 20 pounds, like, the goal with 100 kilos or 220 pounds is to be that weight and be lean. So if you lost 20 pounds, you'd be super lean. You'd be 220 pounds. And yeah, it's the goal. It's the goal to be that weight and be lean. And there's a couple of guys that I follow in the sort of bodybuilding circle that, that work with Callum that are like stepping on stage at 100 kilos, like the weight cap. I can't even talk about how many, you know, the weight cap's 102 kilos. And these boys are like inside the treaded. So that's, what a visual representation of a lean as you can be person at that weight is obviously I'll ever desire to be a on stage or be that lean, but it's good to sort of see what that physique takes and what it takes on the, on the other side, like how much you have to push up yeah. to get to come back down. So yeah. I guess it's a journey that never ends, but for the first time, and I think I've mentioned this to you before, maybe not on the podcast, there's always that internal when I'm leaner, I want to be bigger. When I'm bigger, I want to be leaner conversation. Yeah, yeah. For the first time now being lean, I'm not like, oh my God, I want to be bigger. So it's maybe I've sort of found the balance of the that's two. A, that's a very big difference for you too, because I remember you were always like, I want to be bigger. I want to be bigger. I want to wear bigger yeah. shirts. I want to do this. You know, you, you, I mean, this, you, is you came... this is TXL. Exactly <laughs> but I mean, you were, you, but you were always concerned from your, your side was, was the exact opposite of me, which is I don't want to go back to being super skinny, small Ben, right? I want to be big Ben and continue to grow and big. Whereas yeah. mine, you know, has always been, I don't want to be fat, you know, big Dave again, uh, in, in a, yeah. an unhealthy way. So, and, and the, the, the challenges that comes with, with maintaining body fat and stuff like that. So it's just interesting how we evolve and how we do things. Yeah. Um, I'm looking forward to the next cut that we do, uh, because I think it'll be a good, good way to kind of see progress and continue forward, but it's going to be, it's going to be interesting. Like I, it's just, again, we're tweaking, figuring things out. Our, our minds change, how we want to be changes. Um, yeah. all those different things change. So. But even like talking about cardio, you know, and I actually admitted that I actually enjoyed, or it's not that bad. Um, you know, six months ago, man, it's like, who the hell is this guy? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> like, uh, is everything okay in the future? Um, <laughs> but that that feeling of actually feeling fitter, like I, you know, regardless of how much I have to push calories and what I have to do, I want to maintain some level of cardio because I actually like feeling fit. Do you know what I mean? I, yeah. It's not something yeah. I've ever had before. And like, I'm excited to go to Orange Theory with you in September and actually beat you this time. There's no and way. Everybody else is there. There's no way. You and everybody else. There's is no way. There's no way. It's we'll not see. happening. Okay. We'll see. I is ordered it... running shoes. They're coming tomorrow. Okay. Okay. I mean, they better give you some sort of cheating ability. Uh, they, I... they don't need to. <laughs> I'll be we'll 40 pounds lighter. Imagine what's head lighter on my shoes. True. Be. True. Yeah. 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 Okay. We'll see. I'm a freak when it comes to cardio for some reason. I don't know why, but I'm very strong on that I'm front. stubborn. I'm stubborn. So. You are stubborn. You are stubborn. I'm competitive. So we'll <laughs> I'm definitely not competitive at all. 
We should do a forfeit. We'll get anybody who's listening, tweet us with a forfeit that the loser has to do. Yeah, we definitely should do it. America. Yeah, 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 I agree. Open the suggestions, whatever you want. Tweet up. We have health. We have health. What are, what are the ramifications going to be for whoever loses? I'm, I'm, I'm done for anything. Whatever they want. <laughs> we can do a vote as well. We'll put them together. You we guys, you can make whatever you want to because I know I'm not going to lose. So it's, it's perfect. Yeah, so yeah. confident. <laughs> <laughs> Well, I, I will say, uh, last thing I wanted to hit on before we, we close out the podcast is uh, I learned something new um, this weekend, which I didn't fully understand. So when I ordered my um, G15, the Force USA kind of all-in-one, it's got a Smith machine, uh, you know, pulley system and things like that. I didn't understand uh, the ratio aspect of weight training. Um, and, and I probably should have, but I never really focused on it because it's just nothing, you know, when, when I go to the gym, if I'm documenting things, I just kind of write it down on my thing, but I don't think of, of, is it a one-to-one or two-to-one or three-to-one, four-to-one, et cetera. And what I didn't realize is that um, different machines have different ratios of weight. And what I mean by that is uh, how the pulley goes over basically weight distrib- distribution uh, for your lift. So if you're doing like lat pulldowns, it's more desirable to have a one-to-one pulley system versus a two-to-one. But if you're doing more muscle fatigue, it's better to have more of a two-for-one because it's going to have continual pressure across um, the weights as you go through. So what's interesting is um, my weight system at home is a two to one, which means that if I'm loading 100 pounds on one pulley, I'm actually only only lifting 50 pounds. So 100 pounds is actually equatable to lifting 50 pounds. Now, what's interesting about that is if you they did, a, a, I was watching some, some YouTube videos and they did like a, a, a measurement of distance. So when you're pulling up the, the amount of force that is needed poundage wise, um, on one-to-ones, two-to-ones, four-to-ones, et cetera. The one-to-ones, the amount of force that's needed back here is much greater than the weight that you're pulling. So let's just say you're, you're pulling 50 pounds. By the time you get back to here, it's going to be like 55 pounds or 56 pounds because it doesn't have any way to distribute that weight. When you're coming back on a two-to-one system, and, and, and I'll tell you about how you can, you can kind of spot this, but when you're coming back from a two-to-one system, it's going over those those weight distribution mechanisms. The... Uh, the amount of weight back here is going to be continuous to say 50 pounds. It's going to be 50 pounds here. So it, it allows you to kind of make different exercises based off of the type of equipment that you have. Um, I have a two to one system. It can also go to a four to one system. So there's two pulleys on it basically. And if you latch one of them, it's a two to one system. You latch both of them. Uh, it engages another pulley system, which now is a, a four to one system. So why that's important is if you're doing burnout sets. So if I'm doing, you know, heavy weights, let's say I'm doing some, some ropes and it's my last sets and I just boom, quick, quick clip. But I'm doing half of those. I'm doing tiny weights to, 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 to burn my, my muscles out from a fatigue perspective, a, 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 you know, an overload perspective. Those are cool things that you can do to kind of change around uh, your workout routines. But I didn't realize that. And so, you know, when you're doing really heavy movements, like again, let, you know, lat pull downs from a pulley system perspective, probably better to have a one-to-one system for that because your weight distribution as you're coming down, as you get further along, is going to be heavier down here um, putting more strength onto your, your lats, um, and your, in your mid back. Whereas when you're doing, um, you know, bicep curls, tricep extensions, probably better to have more of a two to one system as you go through. And the way you can do that is by looking at the actual type of equipment and seeing how, if there's any type of, of, you know, pulleys that are going through loops and the more loops they go through is the amount of, of times you can tell if it's a two to one, three to one, four to one, et cetera. Normally I think in most gyms, it's going to be a one to one or two to one that you typically see out there. Um, some of the, some of them get really crazy. Like, um, I saw one where it's a, uh, essentially a, a machine bench press, a chest press. And by doing one arm, it's a one-to-one by doing two arms, it's a two-to-one. So you can do individual 
ones to kind of burn out on strength and then come up for a lighter weight doing half of those is kind of a burnout. It's kind of an interesting concept. So just interesting that I, I learned that I had no clue on the weight distribution methods of pulley systems for when you're doing those types of exercises on machines versus, you know, traditional free weights and things like that. If I put in a hundred and I would just assume it's a hundred, not 50 pounds, uh, not knowing the type of equipment I was on. Um, and that's good, obviously for tracking numbers and things like that. So if you're doing a hundred pounds, but it's really 50, you want to document that being 50, not a hundred pounds. Cause when you go to a different machine that maybe has, you know, you're like, what the fuck I'm putting a hundred in, I can't do a hundred. This makes no sense whatsoever. I'd always wonder about that. Like a machine I go to, but like, I just did a hundred over there and I'm only doing 25 over here. Something's jacked up. Like I don't, something's wrong here. Like I didn't fatigue my muscles that much. So it was interesting. I didn't know that. And, uh, it's kind of, kind of cool to break that down. Yeah. So it, it's, you find if you go to different gyms and you're like using the same machine, you're like, what the fuck? Like this doesn't make any sense. And I actually remember in, in gym co the, the gym that I used to coach in, there was like a, a wide pulley system. I don't know why I'm doing the visuals. You know what wide is a wide one. Yeah. And then a close one and they were like side by side and on the wide one, there was a, there was a pulley on the outside as well. And you would do like triceps and this, and you'd have like, you know, you'd plates on or whatever else. And then you go over here and it was like, as if you had a car on the end of it. <laughs> it was like, why is this so heavy? But yeah. the thing you're talking about, it's the splitters. So it's how many splitters yeah. in it that divides the weight. So the, the one on the end was true weight. So it just basically went up across and down. So you were pulling the true weight because you pulled the rope and this went up. Whereas the other one had more splitters in terms of how many times it went through. So you, like you said, you're doing half the weight or you're doing a quarter of the weight or whatever it needs to be. So yeah, it's cool to sort of get an understanding of that because it can be frustrating whenever you go from one gym and you're like so much stronger in that other gym like what the f what the fuck yeah yeah it's it's crazy i never never knew the difference between that and when i ordered my uh my force usa i probably honestly would have ordered more of a one-to-one -one, uh had i known the difference on it so so i think yeah so the g15 um you so you can do like a g13 which i think is a one-to-one -one, and the g15 which is a two-to-one so they have different models based off of the one-to-one, -one, two-to-ones, et cetera. And the same thing for the, that I realized, and this is stuff that, you know, I, I just wouldn't have thought about going into it, but the, the Smith bar um, is a neutral weight. So the bar itself weighs nothing. Uh, they have it on a So this system. is an interesting conversation that I've had with Helmy many, 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 many times. I would say the same. I would be like, whenever I'm recording the weight of the yeah. Smith machine, I would just count the plates. Yeah. So three plates on either side, whatever it is, 120 kilos. But he would always find the bar. I'm like, the bar doesn't weigh anything. And he's like, well, it obviously weighs something. I'm like, yeah, it has a weight. But number one, it's always there. So you're yeah. always going to have to use it. It's yeah. always going to be the same. Number two, like some Smith machines, you can like this. Like, I'm, yeah, for anybody who's listening and not watching, I'm like one finger. Like you can lift it. Like, it almost floats. So for me, it's just like the plates because. Yeah. Because, well, I, I, I like to relate mine to like what I can do on a barbell bench, for example, in equate or military press doing that the same thing on the, on the Smith machine. But, um, in, in the, the, the G15 specifically, it's a neutral bar. So they actually, it's weightless. It has pulley systems that make it weightless. So you can literally lift it with a pinky and it goes up and down, um, based off of no weight. Me so strong. Me so strong with the pinky. But, um, <laughs> but it's not, you know, what I don't like about it is, is I can't equate that to, a direct comparison to what I'd be doing because it's a 45 pound differential, right? So I would love to have that 45 pound bar there and then be able to stack the weights on and include that. So it's similar to what I'd be doing on barbell or dumbbell or et cetera. Um, again, minor nuances, it doesn't impede me on anything. The, the two to one ratio doesn't impede me, I think, so I'm not blowing out the stacks. I think it goes with like 500 pounds on each one. So really 250 pounds, which I'm not touching 
you know, am I, am I doing, am I doing chest flies for 250 pounds or anything like that? So I got plenty of wiggle room, uh, on those, but, uh, and that thing is literally never leaving my house. Uh, there's no effing way. Um, it was, it was a nightmare to get it there and, uh, it's, it's never, it's going to die with that place. So, uh, um, so I'm, I'm stuck with it, which is fine, but I probably would have went a different route on the one-to-one so I can do more weight on like the lateral, um, on the lap pull downs, um, you know, on, on, on uh, the rows, uh, things to that effect that I probably would. Well, when I'm, when I'm over next month, I'll find a way that we can make it more difficult for you. I actually might send, send you a gym pin. So I got one to help me one of these. Basically, whenever you max out the stack, there's a company called gym pin. Oh, you can put basically, plates. yeah, it looks like the end of a barbell, but it, there's a pin on the end of it that fits into the stack. So you can put more plates on it. So I've seen those before. I saw them at, uh, at smash fitness had those in there and I was like, what the yes, hell is this yeah, thing? That's the sort of place that happens yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. when you, when you get the stack, the only time I've ever needed to really use it is on the adductor machine in, in gym Doc. which I'll never use. That's fine. No, you do not like it, but it's my favorite. I had two 45 pound plates and the full stack. Yeah, I need to do some more. Oh, I haven't done strong. leg extensions in a while. I need to do some of those. Maybe I'll do that today as, as a deload day. <laughs> no, we're not doing anything <laughs> in a deload. <laughs> right. I think we'll leave it there uh, on the end of the deload with Dave. Yes, it's gonna it's gonna deload happen. Dave. You should write a program deload with Dave. Day one, arms. <laughs> day two, legs. Day three, legs and arms. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, no. Full body. Full body workouts all week. Yeah, full anyway, body workouts all week. All right, all right. Everybody, thank you for listening. Please, Good. as always, share us, hashtag, join the community. Whatever, wherever you are, come and hang out with us. Because honestly, seeing people's stories, seeing the group interact, and even, you know, the guy I had a call with this morning, he was talking about how he felt the tribe mentality that we have been speaking about in the podcast when he joined the discord. So that to me is what it's all about. It's finding a space that you feel comfortable to share your struggles, your wins, your PRs, your progress photos, your food, whatever it is, supplements, obviously. Um, so yeah, come join us, come hang out with us. Hashtag we hack health discord. It's we hack health everywhere. It's we hack health. We hack health. Catch health. us. Catch us next week. Thanks everybody for tuning in. Appreciate it. Bye. Bye.